Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? This is Go Long with Don and Monas at GoLongTD.com. We're doing well. Hope you're doing well. This is always uh, fueled by our friends at Fatty Beer Company. Jim is in Western New York. He's been all over the place, traveling, working this XFL debut, which got off to a rousing start. I loved the first round of games, it was fun. We talked a little bit about it before uh, we dinged record here, but love the rules. I mean, I mean, this is all stuff the NFL should absolutely implement ASAP. I, this is where, um, by the way, it's good to be. I don't. I have been everywhere lately. XFL, little HBCU combine in New Orleans that was on NFL Network right. the other day. Yeah, so just been doing a lot um, work wise, which is always good. I am interested to hear feedback on the onside kick the fourth and 15th as far as yeah. is that a real lack thereof or la- like is that a realistic thing for the nfl to think about adopting i'm asking like in your mind i think they should at least really consider that and point number one point for this rule was let the highest paid player fourth and 15 your quarterback let him determine the outcome of a comeback more than the kicker who's going to just try to do some trick that he's learned and practice in the off season when they set the ball up crazy off the tee. And that would be where I really get excited about some of the different rules and, and, and the replays were a big talk, you know, Dean Blandino in the booth and, and going through how they replay and talk about replays. I don't know, you know, how interested that is to you, but I thought it was some good inside stuff, but I loved all the changes. I mean, even hearing yeah. Greg Williams between the plays, I just kept waiting for him to say, no. cut the hat off the snake and the body will die. Like, he should have just thrown one of those in while he's calling plays for the viewers. Or, like, like had one a defense named just to, like, mess with, like, yeah. that. that's the name of a certain defense, like, head off. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah. The four, but, no, the fourth and fifteen. Love it. The AJ McCarron game was exhilarating. I mean, who, I mean, that's the fact that we can say that out loud. The AJ McCarron game was exhilarating. That tells you everything you need to know about the first weekend 
of the X. It was fun. I mean, I had it on, so I had the kids. It was like 16 to 3. And I'm like, all right, you know what? They don't really want to watch Bluey or Matilda or whatever we're into these days right now. We're just going to play in the back part of the basement. So we're like building blocks and playing with Sonny's train set. And then just kind of snuck the XFL game on in the background. And, you know, so I'm kind of watching it in the peripheral. All of a sudden, they go down and score. They run the three-point play, right? I think that's what happened. And then they do the fourth and 15 to get the ball back. And I just had all those flashbacks to A.J. McCarron's comeback win for the Bills in the fourth preseason game. And, hey, if you like football, if you like the ups and the downs and the drama, I mean, this was for you. There there were some incredible athletic plays made throughout the weekend, like some legit awesome catches by receivers. Like, and and some in, in names that kind of like oh yeah I remember Hakeem Butler right uh, Cody right, Latimer right. <laughs> you know it was like oh my god yeah I remember these guys it was just a little uh, recent nostalgia there but no great job with everything Jim you guys have a really good thing cooking and everybody out there make sure you uh, keep watching football right I mean this it's that's what that's it the is thing. there's no there's no off season in the NFL but and on the field there's no off season as well with the XFL right now. That's exactly. I love how you said that. If you if you love watching football, I think it's 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 a worthwhile product to watch. It's good football. It's a good product. These guys are good. Like every these guys are really talented. Good football players. Brian Hill. He had some hard runs. He's a good back. Wyoming. Right. He was with the Falcons for a bit. Yeah. He's an old uh, old uh, ex rock Wyoming running back. I remember he. I was still in the yeah. NFL when he was coming out. I remember looking at him. Always had, a, you know, just a big, good-looking, you know, good back with some straight line. You know, had some big runs in college, still doing it here. So, yeah, Absolutely. I always think running backs, that's a position. It's just a position in general that you, like, I think it, it's there's enough been talked about with running backs. Not the value. I hate that. that they're not valuable anymore in the draft or wherever you take them. That's You could do that for every position. They're valuable. I think that the key word is can you find them. Are they easier to find? Maybe a guy that can be valuable for your team because running backs can fit a style and yeah. be successful. If that makes sense. Like, you know, there's certain coaches that, Hey, I, that back, the way he's a one cut downhill, that's my blocking style. You know, Shady McCoy, he might not be, well, he should be for everybody. He's an elite, but that style, you know, the make you miss style, that's not for every running, you know, that's not for every line coach. Like I remember we struggled with that in New Orleans with Reggie Bush as far as our line was like early in his career, people were saying, they're saying, hey, he's just got to hit it. He's got to hit it, hit it. That's, that's, I kept hearing that from Doug Marone, hit the hole, hit the hole. You know, you hear that in high school, you heard it in the NFL with Reggie Bush. Yeah. And like, Reggie Bush never had to hit the hole. Think about that. His whole life, nobody was ever telling him to hit the hole. They were just giving him the ball. Yeah. The give NFL him the ball and get the hell out of the way. Here, here, Reggie, here, take it. Boom. Probably just snap it to him half the time and that's a that's an adjustment for players you know the great ones like that and running back back to that whole point with running back there is an art to it and you can fit a system so I think guys like that in the XFL and any level running backs I think you can find them to fit your system I'm just thinking of Le'Veon Bell it was so great covering him at his peak uh, when I was at Bleacher Report and you know talking to him and he really believed I'm changing the position like Steph Curry with the three point shot. More running backs are going to be patient. I mean, he would, he would come to a standstill behind his offensive lineman, kind of let everything work itself out and then hit his hole. 
I remember Ramon Foster, who is, is great in radio down in Nashville now. He was one of the linemen, and he was always so open and honest about it. I mean, this is right when Le'Veon Bell's 2,000 scrimmage yards, an MVP candidate. He's like, man, I love it. It's great. But sometimes I just want to tell you to hit that damn hole. It's right there. Just, to, But there, there's an art to it. He, he was able to it's kind hard. of find a synergy with his line and – I mean, not, I mean, not to go down a Le'Veon Bell rabbit hole, but it's just too bad. It's too bad that it couldn't work out. I mean, he just more just gave up a year of his football life for a good cause, more money for a position of great value, like you said. But missing a year, going to the Jets, everything kind of fell apart. And honestly, instead of seeing him box, I wish he was in shape to be in the XFL. I would love to see Le'Veon Bell in the XFL. That'd be fun. Yeah, he's probably making. I don't know what he got paid to box. It might be why he's boxing. It had to be worthwhile for him to do that. I can't imagine why he would do that unless it was worthwhile. But to your point, like his style, that used to drive us as scouts crazy. Because, like, is it is this what guys are going to try to do now? Is every running back going to try this patient running style that we keep? Look, it's not for elite is elite. It's not for everybody. Like, you could try to be Steph Curry or Dame. Dame from half court, if you want. It's not for everybody. Well, this episode, I, I feel like we have to start with the quarterback position, Jim. Uh, we, we wrapped up the Super Bowl last week. Uh, since that point, there's been quite a bit of quarterback deliberations over at GoLongTD.com with Bob McGinn. I'm, I'm sure you uh, oh. heard the, the bomb that Bob dropped on Friday. You, you guys you guys had to – yeah, you, you were being a little you, – you, I felt like when you went kind of uh, not incognito, but like when you go into that like cave like mentality, like Jim, I got something brewing. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what this is. Like, <laughs> we went into our own four days of darkness, just talking about <laughs> you the did, darkness. You, you and Bob, you and Bob did your. <laughs> well, I've said it before, but I mean, I really didn't know that that was coming from Bob. I mean, he's like, hey, we, we had this scheduled to talk about the Packers. Uh, and then right before we hit record, he's like, hey, T, do you think we can just talk about Aaron Rodgers this episode? And then we'll pick up uh, on a second episode about the team. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not going to stop you there, Bob. And he said what he said. Uh, I'm not, you know, everybody probably has, has listened or, or read the news, but Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay's plans, per Bob McGinn, as he really clarified on our second podcast that's posted um, this morning, it's, yeah, yeah, his instincts are are part of it, but it, that's a minuscule part of it. He's had direct conversations with people in the know with intimate knowledge of the Packers' inner workings and how they're building this team and what they're doing next. So I mean, he's covered football since 1979. He's as connected as anybody I know. I get it. There's criticism out there. Oh, you know, he hasn't been on the day-to-day beat for a few years there are creative ways to cover pro football beyond the press conference right beyond what is poll tested and sanitized and decided upon in darkroom meetings ahead of time I don't know I'm I'm, I'm pretty anti-press conference when I write these stories that go along Jim I I, I don't want to lean into press conferences at all I want it to be one-on-one conversations with players with sources I think that the fans deserve it. Fans fill in these stadiums. They they need more than just garbage at a podium. So 
if that's what you want, by all means, right? I mean, Bob caught some criticism from some of the local radio people out there. They're ripping them out. How can he say this? How this is a dude who's been covering the game for a long time, the team for a long time. He is connected. And right now, and Bob said this, it could change. This is a human business. Mark Sorry. Murphy could get weak in the knees. There could be conversations had that make them change their mind. But right now, Green Bay is done with Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay is going to star Jordan Love. We've got the Jordan Love story up as well, if you want to learn about him and, and why they feel so confident in him. But that's where it starts, right? I mean, the Jets can tell Derek Carr that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Diana Rossini had the report at ESPN that, you know, they're just wooing him and, and telling him how he could be a legend if he comes to the Jets. To my knowledge, they did not offer him a contract. So and I would I would imagine it's because we want to take a look at Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers is available and we hired Nathaniel Hackett as a means of reeling him in. It starts with Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. Um, I mean, name, name your quarterback. Who am I forgetting, Jim? I mean, there's it, it's, a, it's oh, another. Like the, uh, it was Carr Garoppolo. I mean, Lamar's his own deal. Lamar's his own deal. I wasn't going to bring you. Yeah, I don't consider him. Those are the big. Yeah, who are we forgetting? Uh, I, like well, I mean, Daniel big... Jones is, is an interesting case. Geno Smith. I want to get into him, too. I saw a great. Yeah, we're going to get into him, too. Baker Mayfield's obviously about to. Yeah, about anyway, to we're back to, Carr, back to Carr and Rodgers. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the, the thing. So here, here's what's funny, though. It's like all of these quarterbacks, I mean, the car's doing his visits. He's going around. These teams probably <laughs> like him. He probably likes them. Nothing happens until Green Bay situation with Aaron Rodgers is settled, and he just goes into the darkness for four days and eats out of a mail slot. I mean, is he – do you think he's just screwing with everybody with that? No. I mean, is he is he legitimately contemplating retirement? I don't I think, think so. so. Oh, I you do. think he is? I think it's so. I don't know what more he could get from going. Here's one thing I don't like right now that's going around. I feel like they're just they're just plugging in Carr, or plugging in Aaron Rodgers to the Jets makes the Jets. I keep hearing they're an instant playoff team. No, they're not. They haven't done anything. Like that division is insane. How tough that division is now. The AFC East with so. I'm talking about what the Jets are good, but you have to show up against Miami, obviously the Bills. Those two teams right there are legit playoff teams. And the Patriots, you have to show up to play. Like, they're not a walkover win. So that's your division, and you can't just assume. So I'm sick of that comment. Like, just because Rodgers or Carr go to the Jets, they're going to be a playoff team. They're still in the AFC. And why would Aaron Rodgers? Why? I just don't know why you would want to leave the NFC at this point. Makes zero sense to me. I'm sorry. Green Bay wouldn't want him in the NFC. That's and I with Green Bay, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him in the NFC. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm not leaving. Like I'm either playing in Green Bay or I think I'm done. I just don't see what the point is to go to the AFC. I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's good enough right now to outplay what's going on in the AFC with Burrow. Josh Allen, obviously Patrick Mahomes. And we're still not talking about Lamar and Herbert, who are knocking right there. Tua. Yeah. 
I agree on the NFC, AFC. You know, there's just, just such a discrepancy of talent at the quarterback position. And that's where get, I think that's why we're seeing this um, this game of semantics and wordplay uh, with, with these various leaks and reports. Because I think Green Bay, I believe Bob wholeheartedly that they are ready to move on with Jordan Love. At the same time, there's a lot of moving parts here. They've got to find a trade partner. They've got to work out that 59 million. Who who pays what? Um, they, it starts with Rogers' intentions. Does he want to play? Does he not want to play? Does he want to demand mm-hmm. a trade? There's a lot of variables in this equation. But it is telling that they right now have reached this place of we're ready to go with Jordan Love. And if you want to learn why, it's, we get into it. I mean, the year two to year three jump he took behind the seat, behind the scenes was substantial. With Steve Calhoun with Mike, Matt LaFleur. We saw it in the exhibition games. We saw it in the Philly game. They see it in practice. He worked with the number one team the last month of the season. So they're, they're in that place. That's why I think that they'll find a way to work something out. It's I've heard both arguments. I want to hear yours. I've heard the Bob has said, look, green Bay has all the leverage here because look, if Aaron Rodgers wants to, if he wants to play, if he wants to show up, if he wants to call their bluff and say, I'm still going to play football for you. Green Bay, if they have a backbone, can still say, we're starting Jordan Love. You're the backup. What's what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? Run on the field and rip Jordan Love's, you know, helmet off and put the thing in? Like, no, like if they, if they really do want to play Jordan Love, they'll just play him and start him. And Rodgers can ride the bench and risk that humiliation and damage the fan base and all that, all that stuff. I don't think he'd let it get to that point. He saw no. what Brett Favre went through. And that's why I think at that point, if he, if, if Green Bay in those closed door meetings, if they're that adamant that we're moving forward with Jordan Love, just like they were that adamant to Brett Favre we're moving forward with Aaron Rodgers, it's the parallels are insane. Um, I mean, they told Brett Favre, yeah, you, you can compete for the job or be a backup. <laughs> and here, here they are possibly doing the same thing. I think Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to, if he wants to play football, be open to a trade. And then it's a matter of, okay, where? Hackett, the Jets, that roster, I think it makes a lot of sense um, for for Green Bay to get him out of the NFC. And I think that push comes to shove that Aaron Rodgers would accept that trade. I mean, Raiders too, he loves Devontae Adams. You know Devontae Adams is going to put that sales pitch on. That's fine. I think one of those two teams, I get it. I get what you're saying about the AFC and all the quarterbacks, all of that. But this is also a, a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who just told Pat McAfee, I can still play at an MVP level. And if he genuinely believes that, which that's up for debate with all of us, but if he believes it, maybe he isn't afraid of the AFC. He can certainly play. He is no question still top 10, whatever, however you want to rank him. You can win with Aaron Rodgers as capable. I don't know if he's MVP quality right now. If he can just put you on his back, he's plenty good enough to win a Super Bowl with still. I believe that he, to, at the when we break down his career, at the, it's he's had opportunities. Like it's not like he hasn't had opportunities. Number one seeds doesn't win. Like I, I'm over. I'm kind of over the wherever he goes, they're just going to be great at this point. I'm over that. Like yeah, he's good enough, and go after him if you need him. But. To me, for him, it should be Green Bay or retire. I just don't see 
I'm saying all this, and of course, he's wherever he goes, he'll win a Super Bowl for the first, whatever. I, but in my, I just don't see why he would want to leave. I still think his best chance to get to the Super Bowl is in Green Bay. Hmm. That's the assumption. If that's that what Super matters Bowl to him, though, Tyler, I don't, I don't right. know if that's what matters to him, though. Does the Super Bowl matter to Aaron Rodgers right now? Is that what matters? I think I don't he know. genuinely likes the idea of playing an entire career with one team. I think he's actually brought up Kobe Bryant before in the Lakers and that stuff probably matters to him. If it does, then, then I think he's, then that, that if he stays consistent with that green Bay, retire. yeah, but yeah, but if, if he doesn't want to retire, if he believes he has football left. And so if it's just green Bay and green Bay is adamant, we're starting Jordan love. Then what does Aaron do? What does he think? I don't think he can do it. I mean, I think it's either his job. I don't think he can. No, it's if he if he's back, he should be the starter. All right. Aaron Rodgers should not be a backup to Jordan Love. Are you, are you sure you're part of this go long podcast? You, you, but this is a very Jordan Love friendly space, Jim. I can't wait to watch Jordan Love. To be <laughs> honest with you, whenever it is, I am excited to watch him because. I've heard enough from you and then people I, you know, obviously value in the scouting world when he was coming out and I value and Green Bay drafted him for a reason. Obviously they were ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers when they drafted Jordan Love. Okay. That was them telling us they are ready. They had seen enough. they had had enough. And then, the, you know, he kept them hanging with the <laughs> number one seed well, MVP style play. Right. I don't think the love thing I, – I still don't think that drove Aaron Rodgers to some MVP. Aaron Rodgers was great every year. It didn't career. hurt. It didn't hurt. It's it fair enough, whatever that is. I'm fine with that. The guy was great from every time he's played. but And he still is, and he still is better than Jordan Love. And I, I if you have both of them, you're playing Aaron Rodgers. If that's the case, all these other teams will be begging for Jordan Love. And that's where it gets interesting, too, because I get the sense – that if they welcome Aaron Rodgers back, Jordan Love's going to ask for a trade. Fair. I think he's going to say enough is enough. I don't want to be a backup for four straight years. It's either I'm your starter or I'm not your starter. It's true. And I mean, Steve Steve Calhoun, you know, he he's his mentor, eighth grade on. He's coached him. He's a father figure for him. We've gotten to know him really, really well um, through stories, Q&As. He came on a happy hour one time. He he out of nowhere brought this up. He's like, this is interesting. He goes, this was brought up to me uh, by by someone. You know, would you rather have a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, a Will Levis, one of these rookie quarterbacks who's untested, who hasn't played against NFL speed, or Jordan, or somebody who has, who's been developing for three years? He goes, he goes, I just think that's interesting. That's the way he basically worded it. And, and he's basically saying, okay, Green Bay, if you're going to stick with Aaron Rodgers, you better put Jordan on that trade block. You might you might get a lot for him. You really might. Uh, I I think it would be idiotic for. That's where I think that, that that's the bad business decision if you're Green Bay to throw away what you've spent all of this time developing. I mean that was the whole 100%. point of the Jordan Love pick. You don't want him to play right away. You generally don't have to play him right away. I mean, how many times do these coaches and GMs? Stand there after they draft a quarterback and they say, well, we're not going to play him. The, the, the schlub we signed back in March, he's our guy, not this rookie we just drafted. And then you end up playing the rookie because your team stinks after five weeks. Green Bay didn't have to do any of that. 
No. So you're you're like the plan was sound, the plan was smart, yeah. and now it's the time. Yeah. It's time to rip the band-aid off. And that's and what makes it so that. fascinating. And I'm fine with that too, because th- like we said before, they invested in Jordan Love and they told us they were ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago. And they should, I mean, if they feel strongly, do it. It's the unopened pack of baseball cards growing up. If you're in our, man, you don't know what you have. Until, they always, you want to open that pack oh, yeah. so bad. Like you just never know who's in that pack. And yeah, that's all. Oh, a perfect analogy. Yeah. And, Jordan and Love they, is like, he's, he's wax right now. He's they, a, right. He's they a, have right, a prism not, wax pack. And it's like, well, it's wax, valuable. You could, you could put that on eBay. Somebody might buy it. This, but don't you want to open it? Don't you? The whole that's the th- the thrill of the rip. You want to open that pack and see what you got, don't you? I do. They invested in him, and I, yes. So, oh my god, Jim, that's perfect. You know what? I probably shouldn't say this out loud. Chris, all right. So during COVID, sports cards blew up, right? We yeah, probably were, talked heard, about yeah, it. Yeah, you were bit. telling me you were getting into that again. I mean, I was dormant for since I was a kid in high, you know, middle school, let alone yeah. high school. Uh, collecting cards and I had a lot. And so one of my buddies he listens to the podcast, Rich Lacassic, he's into cards and they came over at some point during COVID. He's like, do you have any old cards? I'm like, yeah, there's back here somewhere and back at my parents in Salamanca. He's like, you should probably go through those and say, go, go through them and end up selling a bunch on eBay. And then, then obviously it's like the gateway drug right back into buying wax and cards. And so like this was the Zion John Morant draft for the NBA, maybe I'm, th- I'm talking basketball cards too. And that was really what got cards back as well as COVID kind of coincided with, you know, the hype of Zion and John Morant and like Luca the year before. I mean, the, the card prices are insane. I mean, I think a Luca card had sold for in the millions, just ridiculous numbers. So there's like one that's called a, a prism choice box. It's only eight cards, but like every single card is like a hit, like an autograph and, like a silver prism and all these things that maybe our listeners have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's like really, really valuable. And, uh, you know, I, I made a little money selling some of my old cards on eBay. So that's how I justified it. I bought one of these boxes for like at Dave and Adams for, I don't know, 500 something. It was a lot, but I sold a lot. So that's how I'm justifying it. And I ripped it, did pretty well, got like a Kobe silver, you know, not, not much else, but it, it justified getting it. And then I made the mistake of like a year later going on eBay and seeing with that wax, how much it's like selling for, I don't know, $2,500, 3000 something insane. So in that case, I should have not even touched it, just bought it for whatever it was, which seemed like a lot, but really wasn't a lot, put it away. And that's Jordan Love right now. At what point do you unwrap Jordan Love and see what he can do as a football player? Maybe Green Bay was smart. Hey. I thought they should have just played him earlier, go through your ups and downs like a Jalen Hurts. Maybe they were smart to leave this this box of cards unopened for three years. And now and now he's unbelievably valuable. Now you do want to open him up and see what you have. I don't I don't think you want to leave it in the closet collecting dust much longer than this, Jim. No, because here's the issue the where the comparison might not be good. Because with baseball cards, you could open those probably five or ten years later, and that if that card is in there, it's going to be worth something. Ten. Years. Jordan Love needs to play football. It's for his career. For him, you know, for his career, he needs to play. Whether it's Green Bay somewhere, and they invested in him. They did. The, they they took. They they drafted him. It's 
they're, they want to see him. They, they were excited about him from the start. <clears throat> so I can, I believe that they want to either move on or Aaron commit to us, you know, and then maybe we have to shop Jordan. That would be a tough, tough decision though. That was no fly in the face. I mean, it really would be a big F you to your own philosophy of building a football team. I mean, Green I Bay, back to Ted Thompson, even back to Ron Wolf. I mean, they were masterful at letting a player go one or two years early as opposed to one or two years too late. I mean, that's kind of how, I mean, you were in New Orleans, Sean Payton, right? He kind of got rid of a lot of those veterans. And you, I mean, it's, you got to make hard choices, is what I'm saying as a GM. Ted made those hard choices. Ron Wolf made those hard choices. Brian Gudikins was making those hard choices. And then it gets to Aaron Rodgers. The MVP seasons kind of throw a wrench into how you think about team building. But then they go 8-9. He goes to a 6 for 12 yards with an interception in the fourth quarter of a game. You absolutely have to win to make the playoffs. He's not the same quarterback. No, he's not. What makes him great is gone. You know, that 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 connection with a veteran receiver – with all those built-in audibles to your hard wiring, you're seeing the same thing. You don't have that. And he's unwilling to work with your young receivers in the offseason. And that was the big caveat in the Darlington and Pelissero reports is that they, they talked to sources in and around the Packers that said they want Aaron Rodgers back if he's bought in. Like Commit. that's about as big that's a big caveat. Because he wasn't last year. He and was not. Need, and they need that from him because of Jordan Love. Because they know what they've invested in with Jordan. They know what they believe in with his ability and talent. And they're looking at Aaron Rodgers like, hey, man, look, we want you. Our way of saying we want you is by this contract we're giving you. <laughs> Can you at least show us you want us at this point? We're paying you, you want- the the richest contract in football. Like maybe it's worth Working with your receivers. And you know, I don't care about that as far as I don't believe that that's a reason. I really don't. I know. I can, as I was but, writing that in my story and comparing it to Mahomes and Fort Worth, I wanted your opinion on it because I, yeah. we differ on this. I, I really think that, I mean, it, Greg Bishop, Connor Orr wrote the excellent uh, Super Bowl game story. And a big part of that was in the spring after Tyreek Hill was, was traded, a, a bold move by Andy Reid, Brett Veach to build for the future, thinking – Ahead, getting these picks. You bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, Mark West Valdez, Scandling, draft Sky Moore, um, a lot of new faces. Mahomes brings everybody down to Fort Worth, Texas, and gives them a crash course in the offense. And Mahomes believes this is a big reason that they were able to play so well so early with a completely new. He granted, you got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey isn't in Green Bay. It's an imperfect comparison. I I, I get that. No, Kelsey it, makes, but it wouldn't. Maybe it would have helped. Maybe I mean, if you're interested in winning Super Bowls, it would have helped. I think it could, certainly, if it's a weak thing, if Mahomes, like, yes, I'm not saying it's going to hurt anything to show up or work out with your receivers. It can't hurt, and it's a great thing as a leader. And if you're only doing it for four days in the off season, it goes a long way with your teammates. Everything I agree with. I, I'm not saying I just don't feel like it's necessary, but it certainly is something a leader would do. Um, yeah, I, I hear all that with my well, I'm with you. Go ahead. 
I just just real quick to jump in. I mean, it's it's all in the story I have up. There's one wide receiver on the Packers, and I laid it out just as I did to you here. I mean, what would that have benefited you if Aaron Rodgers did what Patrick Mahomes did with with you with his receivers? Quote: I would have loved that opportunity to put that work in with him. I was dying for that in the off season, and it would have been better for us for sure. He felt it was best for him to get what he needed. And then he continued to say that Aaron Rodgers thought they could just kind of pick it up in training camp and go. Um, this, this is a receiver. This is somebody who is, he's not anti Aaron by any means. He loves, he loves Aaron Rodgers. He had, he had no problem with Aaron Rodgers calling out players on McAfee early in the season either. He's just being blunt and saying, I'm in this offense. It would, it would have helped. It would have helped. I think it goes a long way as a leader. I do. I think it goes a long way. I still, you know, when I think of the Chiefs Super Bowl, though, everything I think of, I don't think of any of those guys other than Kelsey. I still think it's Mahomes and Kelsey. That's a good point. Like, just like Aaron might just been like, yeah, well, I'm used to just Devontae. Well, he didn't have him this year. Well, here, okay, fine. You need you need the stud like to make it go. You need, right. That might have been all right, the then, year. Then, all right, Aaron, can give us give us 20 mil of that 59 mil. We'll go get you a star. Is he going to do that? I'm with you. Like, to your point. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I empathize with Green Bay. They're sitting there like, on. Aaron, we'd love to get you a Devontae. We just paid you the 59 mil guarantee for this year. I, honestly, though, if I was Green Bay right now, I've hit my I – I, I think it's I, – I, I would make the hard decision. I've invested. They know more than we do about – I'm going off of everything that I have watched with him on tape and listen to you, to be honest with you, and Bob, to know, I think it's run its course. I think for Aaron Rodgers, I'm not I'm not the believer that he's going to a Super Bowl again. I don't believe that. Not what I'm watching from these other quarterbacks in the NFL right now, that they're just wide. The gap is just going this way. You know what I mean? I feel like Aaron's going the other way. The, the yeah. rest are just – he's still good enough to win with. I still think his best option is Green Bay, and I'll say that. But if I'm Goody, if I'm Brian Gutekus, and I invested in Jordan Love, and Aaron Rodgers has been messing with us for the last couple of years now, and the results aren't showing up, I'm moving on. I need to find out about Jordan Love. It's an easy – I mean, you invested in him. you got to find out. Look at the playoffs, Jim. All the quarterbacks, they were like 2,500, basically. I mean, they're all young. All these quarterbacks. Are young. It's a young man's game. And and we mess around with the NFC a little bit as far as not being as strong, but man, it's not like it's easy. I mean, right. what do you got? Sam Fran is loaded. I mean, we know they're going to be back competing right in it. Philly is loaded. They're going to be right back in it. There is no there's no easy path. I don't want to Brian hear that. Dave, That's why Brian Dayball and Joe Shane are gonna are gonna figure stuff out this offseason. They're only gonna get better. They're they gonna get better. Made. The NFC's, I agree with you, all this. And that's what I'm saying. I think it should be Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers if he's committed to Green Bay. And where he should he should retire, I think. I'm just tired of just anointing him a Super Bowl. Yeah. Wherever he goes. You know, I mean, you know what's just wild? I, I heard this from somebody, like, intimately involved with this, the, 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 the pick and that 2020 draft and all of that. They wanted Justin Jefferson 
I, I really believe that. I think Green Bay wanted Justin Jefferson in 2020. Um, I mean, they wanted love. They they traded up for love, right? But I do think that if they could have gotten their hands on Jefferson, that would have been the pick. And then who knows what we're even talking about now? Like, if you give Justin Jefferson to Aaron Rodgers, it, you know, and when he's winning MVPs with Devontae Adams, with Adams. Oh man. Yeah, that's yeah. an old man is right. So that's, that's why the draft Rogers. is important. That's why we got to talk about the draft here soon, too. It's, it's uh, coming. It's coming. Draft craziness coming is coming. I can't believe it's coming. <clears throat> well, I think that's probably good on the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, team, I feel so. I know. I but we haven't really talked about it, and it is a it is a unique situation. I mean, it really is. It is. It's it's gonna be interesting at the combine. I'll be there in Indianapolis, you know. The Packers allegedly, I, the, I mean, they'll talk to the media. I don't really know what they will say, what they can say, where their conversations are with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but that's going to be their their first public comments on this all. So we'll we'll the be mandatory, there. Uh, the mandatory indie uh, GM head coach. Uh... Yeah. Very rarely is you know substantive information gleaned. It's it's going to be more about them saying the right thing to not screw up what they're trying to do behind the scenes. Cause wh- why in the hell would they stand there at a press conference and tell the world, yeah, we're ready to move on. I mean, then you kill your draft leverage. I mean, Bob made that point on our latest podcast. It's I, sometimes people don't realize that like these other reports are coming out and they're, they're going after me and Bob, Oh, what do you think about this? Well, what do I think about it? I, I highly doubt that they wanted people to know this information that Bob had. That's what I think. That's Isn't that obvious? I don't know. Twitter makes everybody kind of dumb, including myself. But I, that's where they're at. And we'll see if they stick with their decision. So that's their at decision the Combine, right if you want to find out what's going on at the Combine, you either need to put try to bug, you know, whatever the word would be, your camera is set up at um, what's the steakhouse? Elmo's. Get go downstairs. Prime, at Elmo's. Prime forty-seven too. All those steakhouses, right on all that chain steakhouse row. But if you really want to know, all the suites at the combine that are occupied by each team, right? That's where stuff's getting. That there is some discussions in those suites because there's just the team, one team per suite. Like they're just in their own. Yep. Little world. And usually all the area scouts are kind of out in the stands, you know, doing all their timing. And then the decision makers are sitting up top, you know, chatting away. And it, Bill Belichick's falling me. asleep, right? It, a lot of discussions are because free agency yeah. is getting ready to jump off. And you are meeting with agents out there. And there is so much you're getting ready to do at night with agents and players. And, hey, hey, can you walk down? Go talk to that team three doors down. See if they're what they're if they're interested. I mean, that's what that's we were doing. Going that's what I was doing with that, Denver. But Jim, but Jim, wasn't that t- that was tampering? Then that's completely illegal. You can talk. What's that little window they say? Isn't there like they get right the le- the legal tampering? Legal like, all- window. Oh my god! When the NFL gets anyway. all bureaucratic, like then has rules that they know that you're going to break. Like- it's just it's when like, the NCAA, like the miles, it's, like, it's like driving nine miles over the speed limit. Like no, it's it's just if, like the if NCAA. everybody's doing, you're gonna pull everybody over. Exactly. They, they pick the funniest things to actually like 
Hey, we're going to let you guys, hey, college, you guys can pay these guys now. Now you can pay them. They've been paying them. Hey, the NFL, hey, we'll give you these three days. Okay, thanks. And then, but then the things that they get all, uh, you know, on their high horse about and act like a, a monarchy, like Jamal Williams swivels his hip and his hips in the end zone and he's getting fined left and right. But, oh, Rihanna, yes, our halftime show. You can absolutely pretend to finger yourself and then smell your fingers. That's, that's, that's great. We want our 120 million, million viewers to see that. Like, the hypocrisy is all I have a problem with. Just be consistent. Yeah, at consistent. least attempt, attempt to be consistent. consistent. You don't even have to be, but at least show you're trying. At least, exactly. At least show a little, cause guess what? It doesn't matter. Let Jamal Williams and Rihanna do whatever they want. It's awesome. Let them be free. They're entertainers. <laughs> They are professional entertainers. That is what you're paying all of them to do. Yeah. Football is entertainment. Damn. Okay. I, don't, I will never understand holding back entertainers for that's what we're watching. We want to see that. It's like, the, it's like they're almost schizophrenic with this whole celebrating thing. One year they hate it. They're cracking down. They don't want it. One year they love it. NFL Network's playing the best celebrations of the week. And we're, we're, this is something we're promoting. I don't know, like, what? It, which is it? Which like, it's like, what is a catch? We don't really know. One year, you know, if you, if you got your hand under it, but the ball touches, it's okay. Next year, absolutely. I feel like all maybe the social mediafication of the game and all these different camera angles that we get of everything, we're over, we're over analyzing and over thinking all of these rules. But I feel like in the nineties, we. I mean, there were bad calls in the 90s. Don't get me wrong. The Jerry Rice fumbled and Vinny Testaverde was short. I mean, you can think of the iconic moments where they needed replay or they got it that wrong, but I, I, it wasn't like game to game, drive to drive. It feels like it's drive to drive. There's just a questionable call. It. I feel like if social media was the way it was in the 80s, 90s, I have a feeling it would have been a mess just like with replays. And I think we would have been having all these, disc- I think all these, we just didn't know about all these plays that we, we just didn't see them all. Like we see now. Right. That's how I look at it. I really do believe that it's just not a sport. You can play clean. <laughs> it's a hard sport to play. And now they're trying to make guys not be physical or touch a player. If you're on defense, you can't ever think like corners in the eighties and nineties, obviously could lock guys up. That would be the biggest difference I've seen in the game. That is, you're asking to play corner, to play defense is almost impossible now. It really is. I just, if we viewed the sport through the lens of, you know, a few Martians just landed on our planet and they don't know anything and they're watching this game, what what would seem okay to them? What would seem not? And let's just try to simplify our consumption of, what is a catch? What is holding? Uh, I think they would be more confused on why was that player allowed to light him up? But then that was a penalty when he didn't land on, he landed on him softly. I don't, I don't, Wait, I don't. He, he didn't land on him softly enough, but the play before that guy just lit him up. Yeah. Marsh, Martians would know. They would have no idea. What is going on? So can you be physical or not? What if you try to explain to them line of, like, there has to be a certain amount of players on the line of scrimmage? Yeah. Well, even, 
It, like, I didn't like the holding call at the end of the Super Bowl on Bradbury, but even like Nick Bolton, he should have had a second defensive touchdown. That 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 looked like a catch, a fumble, like one team to the another to the other team. Yeah. That's why I have a hard time feeling too bad for Philly because I mean you got you got one there. That was my point. Like I think you I think you could I think you can always one play is hard to break down one play. It's just hard to, for me to to think that determines the outcome. It was just such a timely thing that I get the timely part of that. I do. 